Hello, welcome back to the David Watson podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Mark from Lost and Found Forensics. Now, Mark, an IT specialist, specialises, funnily enough, on retrieving information from mobile phones, and specifically does a lot of work in the divorce market in America, and has some very interesting and compelling thoughts. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome to the David Watson podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. How are you? Oh, I'm good, and you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. So, people context, you and I kind of connected on Instagram um, because we've discussed things in the same sort of arena, which is to do with, uh, from my point of view, is kind of mental health problems and coaching and from your point of view it was from your experiences by a divorce and you now have a, a forensics company explain what, what exactly it is yeah so i own lost and found forensics which is primarily a cell phone forensics company i recover deleted and hidden data off cell phones but i also have the ability to do that off of tablets like the ipad even laptops um any other kind of computer devices you've got and so i can recover that and then depending where you're at and the strategy that your lawyer comes up with they can actually take that information and use that as evidence for you in your divorce case so you have more leverage and uh, a better chance i don't want to say winning your court case because if you go through a divorce you start learning that wins and losses in a divorce is not like a uh a, a, a football game or a basketball game it, it's not clean cut like that so like in in the case of my divorce my divorce uh the legal fees cost me about five thousand dollars um and then about another five thousand dollars because she refused to sign the papers without you know me giving her five thousand dollars so ten thousand dollar divorce was actually a huge victory for me because i got to keep the house i didn't have to pay her alimony things like that um so it's you kind of have to re redefine what a win is in divorce court. But once I did that and got evidence off of my spouse's phone at the time, my lawyer and then some other people suggested I should start providing that service to others. And so I created Lost and Found Forensics and started marketing it and started assisting people where I could. Because, yeah, the United States is an interesting place to get divorced. It has, it has sort of different laws to, the, to Europe and the UK. And th there's some similar laws, but you also have state laws. So there's goes on sort of locally. So depending on what state you get married in, um, it depends on kind of what happens. And yeah, you, you guys explain there's uh, alimony. Cause we, we have what would you would pay sort of child support but we, mm -hmm. after, after the ch children turn 18 or finish education, payments stop. That's it. Whereas you guys have like <laughs> lifelong alimony, don't you? It's something if they, if they, she doesn't get married again. So it it depends on the state. Uh, we have fifty states, we have fifty sets of laws. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't no. tell you. And even was the lawyer, um, you know, a lawyer's only an expert on their state's laws. And then you got forty nine other states, so a lawyer can't really tell you across the board how that works. Um, some states, so I live in Alabama, the law in Alabama is if you're married for 10 years, she's guaranteed alimony. And it, what comes with that is, well, there's a calculation percentage in Alabama and they get a percentage 
of what you make for alimony. But if she's employed, and I actually had a uh, buddy of mine from the military that did this. Um, we were both in the Army National Guard together. He was an auto mechanic and she was a nurse. And they were both making about $55,000 a year. But once they got divorced, uh, because it had been 10 years marriage together, uh, she still got alimony, even though they made the same amount of money. So to me, that's just that, that's mind boggling. If you're both making fifty five thousand dollars a year, why does she need alimony? That makes zero sense. Now they had kids, and she got primary custody. So obviously there was child support. But um, in Alabama, is an at fault state. So if you can prove infidelity, um, or if they're mentally ill or whatever, if they, by, by mentally ill I mean you know borderline personality, narcissism, yeah. sociopath, um, you can get a judge to actually drop the alimony uh, but um you know in states where it's a what they call a not at fault state then it's just not going to matter and you're probably gonna have to cough up alimony but again it depends on the state it's not all 50 states from my understanding yeah because i mean that's the, one of the big things for the united states is it's marriage laws and divorce laws really it's a game of jeopardy because you really just don't know what sort of um you know, if you don't know the state laws inside and out, you, you can end up in, in a real mm -hmm. terrible position. And it's all well and good that everybody goes into a marriage with the best intentions. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and you've you've got to find a way out. So, how did how did you get into the forensic side? Because this is something I know people can do, but I don't understand how any of it works. So I spent a long time working as a database administrator. So I already had an IT background. So once I realized that something was off in my marriage, I took her phone and attempted to recover the data off of it and, and couldn't. Um, you know, how hard is it? You know, I'm, I'm good at computers. Uh, what I quickly found out was the hardware and software on a cell phone is completely different than that of a computer or a server stack system. And so... Uh, a statistic that I like to bring up a lot because it was one of the first things I started researching cell phone forensics that I came across is over 80% of the world's computers are cell phones. Less than 8% of IT professionals are qualified to work on cell phones. So there's just this huge gap and void of knowledge and ability to get information or work on these devices. And part of that comes because the cell phone industry is kind of based on a, you know, use and toss away mentality so they can generate more revenue. So there's no need for technicians. And a lot of times when you call Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, whomever, you know, most of their support guys can't even help you a lot of the times because really they're more trained on, well, look, we'll just give you this discount. Um, we'll let you, you know, drop whatever payments you have on your phone and then we'll just allow you to buy a new phone for a thousand dollars. And so they just, you know, generate insane amounts of revenue. I know for 2022, Apple made $302 billion off of the iPhone alone. Uh, Samsung made over $63 billion in Galaxy sales. AT&T and Verizon both made over $100 billion. So that's how much money the cell phone industry generates, and it's designed for um, yeah. your, your phones not being able to be worked on. Yeah. But how? Because am I correct in saying that if you delete something, all you actually do is delete the address to where it's saved on a phone. 
Is it kind of, how would you explain it in layman's terms? If I think I've deleted messages, where are they? Okay, so everyone has a house, let's just say. Everyone has yeah. a, a four-bedroom, four-bath house with an attic. And you collect furniture. And people don't want to throw furniture out, so what do you do? You take that furniture you don't want anymore and you put it up in the attic. All right, so on a cell phone, that's what you call slack space. You're mm -hmm. taking it from you know, one of the bedrooms in your house and you're putting into the slack space. The problem with the slack space is it's not air conditioned. You got some bugs in there. Dust starts to collect, uh, you know, it gets really cold in winter, hot. And so, so it, it weathers the, the furniture you put up there slowly because it's not in the direct elements, but it's not as taken care of as when it's in the bedroom. And that's how it works in the cell phone is you actually have the files in your phone where data is meant to be stored. And then you have the slack space where it just kind of gets tossed. And then it starts to kind of decay a little bit, but I can still uh, basically just put it this way. You don't have access to your attic, but I do. I've got the key. So you yeah. hire me. I, I, I go into your attic and I drag your uh, chest of drawers back downstairs for you. So but am I right in the principle that nothing's ever really deleted, even if you think you've deleted it? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. If you don't want me to get a hold of it. You probably need to put your phone through a wood chipper. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I am. Um, because that's what I'm saying. I, I don't quite understand the process, but I remember somewhere that, you know, basically someone said, whether, it, whether it's a computer, a phone, laptop, or whatever, if if you don't want somebody to see what's on it, burn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, even some cases, um, if you don't burn it thoroughly enough, um, if I can get, you know, the, the memory chip, the hard drive out of there, um, I can still plug that into a reading device and still gain certain information off of that and then the uh the american fbi is actually working on ways to where they can open up and do what they call a micro read now this technology doesn't exist yet but basically do a micro read and read the ones and zeros of binary and then put that together and what the images actually would have been it's yeah everything has just become an sci sci-fi world whether you want it want to or not so what how what is it that's happening then because you, you and i kind of in some of the stuff we do whether it's intentionally or unintentionally we kind of skirt along the edge of the red pill manosphere which mm -hmm. i don't think we do intentionally we're, we're not actually you and i before we start recording talked about the fact we're neither in favor of men or women you know we we help both we don't care you know i coach both you recover forensics for both um but one of the things that where divorce is most spoken about and infidelity, so infidelity is in the, in the red pill space, the manosphere space. So how, how are you kind of like finding that from your own personal experience? Uh, so there's an analogy that someone once gave me that I really like. And it is if you take 10 people and you put them around a campfire, and you make everyone stick their right hand in the fire for 10 seconds and pull it out. And then you ask all 10 people what just happened. You're going to get 10 different responses. Some people say, oh, I'm permanently disfigured. I'll never be the same. Other people say, oh, it, you know, it hurt, but I learned that I can endure it. And if I can endure this, I can endure anything. And so people, uh, I think part of the red pill space is people have different experiences. And so they go into the red pill space looking for different things and they come out with different experiences. Um my exposure to it was it, it's very hard as a guy getting assistance in a divorce because, um, and this isn't a societal thing. 
It's just as a guy, uh, I have a suck it up and drive on mentality. Yeah. Um, I look at other, I kind of feel like they have that. And then you kind of tell me because that's your mentality. You tell, you know, man, just suck it up and figure it out. Um, but it's a lot easier to do that if you get assistance from time to time. You know, I, I can start sucking things up once my divorce is over. I yeah. can move past my divorce over if it doesn't financially bankrupt me. And, and so I kind of do try to assist men in that where it's, you know, bottom line, this is not going to be fun. It's going to be a miserable experience for you. Let's just try to lessen the impact of how miserable that is by getting data that you can use to make your divorce go faster and make your divorce uh, be less expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you physically have to have the device? I do. You do. I, you you do physically um, have to have it. There's ways to clone the phone or or recover stuff remotely. Uh, but then, let's say you in England would still have to have the device. You'd yeah. have to plug it into a computer. I could then remote into your computer and get an image of that yeah. phone. But for me to recover anything off that image, there's probably not going to be anything really of value. It's just, it's a clone of the phone. Um, and then as far as hacking techniques, a lot of people ask me if I can do that. Number one, it's illegal, so no. Uh, number two, the way it works with cell phones is for the most part, I've got to be within 200 meters of the phone to actually hack it. For me to actually hack a phone yeah. 100 miles away is almost impossible. Yeah, so, so somebody really, realistically needs to be able to get hold of that phone and hand it over to you so you can just do what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do that. I understand people, yeah. um, I don't have a problem with confrontation. A lot of people do. And so I know when I did this with my ex-spouse's phone, I didn't care. You know, where's my phone? What'd you do with it? Well, I think you're having an affair and we're about to find out. So I'm either about to look like an idiot or you're going to have me some explanations. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she... I kind of look like relationships with men and women are kind of like a poker game. Uh, and women are better at bluffing than men are. And so it's like, Oh, well, it's going to happen. And this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. But once I got the stuff off the phone, it stopped. And she's like, you know, I'll fight you in court, blah, blah, blah. Once she realized I got stuff off the phone, she didn't want to go to court because she didn't want to explain before a judge what was on that phone. Um, and, and so that was my experience with it. And so, like I said, if I can do that for other guys, like I said, it's you, you do a lot of um, work with mental restructuring and thought process and, and helping guys with um, just kind of how they live day to day. Well, it's not having to deal with that is huge. Yeah. So not dealing with a toxic spouse, entitled spouse, not having to go through an 18 month long divorce. It's just straining your pot. I mean, I've got a neighbor, a great guy. His divorce cost him six hundred thousand dollars and he had two heart attacks during the process. Um, you know, how, uh, how you deal with that? I don't know. So like I said, if I can narrow those windows, it just, that, that's kind of my goal for, for men, but even women, you know, I've had female clients and these are good women that yeah. stay at home. Walk. They, they, you know, had two kids, they sacrificed their bodies to have the kids, you know, they, they've had dinner on the table, whatever. And then, you know, as some men do, we like to, you know, kind of pursue our sins and, you know, find a, a younger woman that didn't carry two children for us. And then, you know, th th those women need assistance too. So I've, I've actually helped a couple women actually make sure they've got what they need so that they can be taken care of with the alimony and child support. Everything yeah. uh, I, I, is a case by case basis. You know, not all women are bad. There's great women out there. Uh, not all men are bad. There's great men out there. It does not mean there's not bad ones out there. And and I feel that they should be dealt with accordingly.
Yeah, because that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because I think that's probably the when you know you and I were talking earlier about when people click back about content and stuff. When I'm commenting on any red pill thing where I happen to say there's good and bad and both, everyone's like, "No, you're just a simp. You don't have any experience of women." Blah blah blah. It's like, no, no. My experience of women is there are women that are loyal. There are men that are loyal, and there's good and bad in in both. It, it's it's irrelevant and categorizing one over the other it, you know it, it's it's just a foolish endeavor and ultimately i think leads to 90 percent of the problems that you have in the manuscript well i like to link it back to as uh as richard cooper says men should know how to fight so i do a lot of boxing a lot of yeah. judo jiu-jitsu and what, what i've seen with boxing what i've seen with jiu-jitsu is the less experienced a fighter, the far more aggressive they're going to be. Yeah. You know, the more experienced the fighter, they're going to be softer. They're going to be more efficient. You know, they can throw one punch and put you on your back. And <laughs> so you, you see that community is the guy with the le least amount of experience, uh, the less educated within the manosphere, the less educated in just in general reading and life experience. They're going to be a lot more aggressive, a lot more harsh. Um, anybody that's willing to consider the, uh, someone else's opinion will be labeled a simp, whatever. And I, I can't control that. No. Um, it's, you know, I, where I'm at with my life experiences, they're at, at, at their point. Um, if they want to have a structured debate, they can, if, if they want to come, you know, to me and meet me in a parking lot, we can do that too. But it's, you know, you, you, you just see a lot of that. Um, and like I said, it's, I don't think that's healthy. But it's just one of those things. It, it kind of comes with the territory. And I had a talk with someone a couple of days ago who's also in England, lives in Manchester. But, you know, I said, you know, it, the red pill was kind of also a, uh, it, I feel, a reaction to feminism. You know, yeah. it's physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And if women were not going to rein in feminism, sooner or later, something else was going to come. And I think there is aspects of feminism that have benefited women. Like, do not stay in a marriage where you're getting beaten because dinner's not at the table at five. Uh, and then I think you know, with Red Pill, it became like, hey, look, you know, it's guys, prenup. If she is not, if she's refusing to sign a prenup, she's got ulterior motives. I think that's that's good for men. But then you started having the the overweight, blue hair, crazy, whatever, man hating thing. And then again, physics. What happens? You start having the red pilled, um, always wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just well, there, there's a I, I forget which red pill channel is on Instagram, but the guy pointed out if I point out a woman getting out of line it gets four thousand likes yeah. but if i say a guy needs to get his butt in the gym start lifting weights start eating meat and vegetables and, and lose weight and get out of his mom's basement that gets less than 200 likes you know so there is a lot of scapegoating in uh people are lazy right complacency is the killer success and it's just a lot easier to blame somebody else than yeah. it is to take account and I mean that that's what I've, I've actually watched a lot of your videos over the last several months and you know you're big on self-accountability and you know getting out of your comfort zone and you know going outside and working out in the cold is a large, large part of that and I think there's massive benefits <laughs> because it of mental fortitude to do that yeah um, so, so yeah because so during lockdown I, I didn't want to stop training and uh, i'm actually about 40 pounds overweight from where i was five years ago because i just had a ton of things hit me that stopped me training and um 
And I'm definitely one of those people that if I'm not training, I'm eating, you know, and, and th that's not an excuse that that's, and this is that thing, like you were saying, that, that that's the reality of my situation. So one of the things I've always done, even when I can't train, like physically, like, um, I can't physically train, I'll still turn up into, in the garden at six o'clock in the morning and, and just stretch or just, just sit there regardless of the weather so that I never lose that routine in my head. Because I know sooner or later, anything that I've done to myself that I need to recover from, you know, like, like, you know, there was a couple of times, a couple of years ago where I sliced my leg open and ended up with 10 stitches and I sliced it open. I did it on a roofing sheet in the garden. I sliced my leg down to the bone for like 10, um, and ended up with 10 stitches, but it took about three months to heal. And every time I tried to do a burpee or a jump or something, I, I could feel it tearing open inside, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, how long does this go on for and e e even this year um there's a guy i do a podcast with carlton him and i were laughing about it um i had this um not this year it was last year it was last april i somehow managed to impinge a nerve in my neck and i'm still getting treatment for it you know and it's just like and i'm back to being able to work out but for about six months i could barely sit still and not be in pain so going for, even going for a walk I, no I, I couldn't do it I'd, I'd get this like burning like somebody put a hot rod from my neck all the way down into my to my hand so and it was just like well, what what do i do because there was a point where it's like this is going to be how my life is i'd rather just fucking end it because <laughs> it was just every every day was just pain and all i'd done is somehow managed to impinge a nerve in my neck and and just and i was i seen doctor I, I seen a chiropractor i seen an osteopath physios and they're just like all you can do is let the nerve heal and until it heals every time you you twinge it touch it you know that part of your neck you, you're just gonna flare it up again so it's just like all yeah. oh, right okay but i am i'm back to training again it's just like but it's like i haven't trained for a year um but going back to that accountability thing that you were talking about um i actually i have discussed it in a lot of early videos um but i actually in my 20s got into trouble with the law and i ended up bankrupt and one of and it was a real kind of weird awakening for me and i was just like how how the fuck did you get into this mess and i looked at like some of the jobs i'd had and and i could remember i had a fairly good job for a guy that didn't have any education and i remember turning up for this job almost every friday after lunch pissed i've just been out drinking with the boys at lunchtime and come back to the office drunk and i know and i was doing all of these things and i was getting into different trouble and stuff like that and then like i said one day it all imploded and i ended up in trouble with the law i didn't go to prison but i did nearly end up in prison and i ended up bankrupt and stuff like that i lost my bank accounts and all of that and i was, and i had to sit there and have a long hard look like a real long hard look and I promise you, I had at least 10 excuses for every scenario that wasn't my fault. And then I was just, and then one day I was just like, yeah, that may be so, but it's still your fault. It doesn't matter what anyone does to you. That reality belongs to you and you alone. And everything is about how you react to that reality. And, and trust me, I've spoken to a ton of people and they'll be like, yeah, but it's not fair. It's not fair. I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve that they did this to me yeah yeah all of it is correct you are not wrong but it's your reality 
And until you accept responsibility for it, nothing changes. And and that 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 one lesson that I taught myself is right from here on in. It's all on you. Yeah. So someone told me a couple of years ago that everything you do in life, there's a price you have to pay. Yeah. And so I've you know I, I did twenty years with the U.S. Army. I had great experiences in that career. I had horrible experiences in my career. And some of it's like you know, well, this person um, screwed me over out of rank and a promotion. You know, that's their and, and it is their fault, right? But it's yeah. like at the end of the day, there's a price I have to pay, and because I wasn't willing to go to the extent that they they were willing to go, even though I felt those were immoral, I suffered. Um, and you know, so that was I wasn't willing to pay that price. I wasn't willing to sacrifice my integrity to get ahead. And sometimes, sometimes that paid off. Sometimes it didn't. Um, so I don't look at anything as like it's my fault, their fault, whatever anymore. I just like was I willing to pay the price or was I not? And if I'm not willing to pay the price, then I don't get to complain about the results. Uh, if you are willing to pay the price, understand that there's still buyer's remorse, right? It's it's, it's simple economics. Yeah. So even with my own loss and found forensics company, it was, if I start this company, am I going to be willing to pay the price if it doesn't succeed? If it does succeed and then, you know, it causes headaches. Um, I've paid a lot of money out of pocket to get this, my, my company funded that I could have used on anything else. Um, if I had chosen not to start this up, was I willing to pay that price? Oh, what could have been? Um, you know, people that I have the opportunity to assist like that, that does feel good seeing people like, you know, it's, uh, for a lot of the women, I don't actually help them recover data off the phones. I just, I do uh, cybersecurity, personalized cybersecurity consulting and I help them get a new phone and set that up because their husband's got like a little tracking app that says where they're at. They can, you know, like a parental monitoring app that they put on their wife's phone and I help them, you know, circumnavigate that. And it's just as I talk to them over the course of a two or three weeks, I can see their entire temperament changing because they now know that their husband can't control or isn't aware of every little thing that they're doing. Um, and so for me going down this road, although it has been very challenging and time consuming and financially consuming, it's, it's been worth it. I've, so I've been willing to pay that price, but anything I look at, um, even if you go back to when you were dealing with those struggles when you're younger, were you willing to pay that price or were you not? And regardless, you paid that price and that led to where you're at now. So obviously, you know, th those investments paid off, maybe not how you initially intended, but you learned from them. Yeah, well, I, I just, like I said, because I, I agree with everything you say, that for everything you do, the outcome has a consequence. And that can be, you can decide whether that's positive, you can decide whether that's negative. But, but a, a, every action has an outcome to it. And what i realized is that for me to be able to move forward i had to remove the, the premise that there's blame there's just what what is what happened has happened and it doesn't really matter from my perspective it didn't matter whether it was their fault or my fault i i took a particular course of action and this is the outcome of that action and that's where it ends and finishes and like you say sometimes there were genuine times when people have shafted me and done me over. But it's irrelevant, David, because no matter how much sympathy you can get, no matter how much moral outrage you can raise, your reality hasn't changed. So if you want it to change, 
you have to just accept what is and right what's the next course of action that leads me towards the outcome that i'm looking for in my life and try not to get distracted or deviated from that path it's just what's the next course of action i want that doesn't deviate from my life yeah i mean that, that's um like i said life's very difficult hmm. um what i've learned is this though as difficult as life is the solutions are actually very simple it's just finding finding the answers uh to those solutions or finding out what the solutions are that's the hard part because no one really there's not a list of the solutions so um i lost an army friend of mine to suicide back in june which is just and I talked to the guy in March, and he seemed to be doing fine. And it's just terrible. And it, it still just, you know, frustrates me at times. And it's like, you know, I, I wish I had known what his problems were. Um, yeah. Because chances are very simple solutions. But he did not know what they were. And, you know, he was probably, you know, he, he called me just to blow off some steam, I guess. Uh, you know, but he seemed fine. Um, but it, it's, you know, I, I always try to talk, reach out to people, um, you know, get on Twitter, Instagram, and just try to read different ideas. And then one of the things that it kind of shocks people because I'm an IT guy, but, um, you know, I don't have a TV in my house, but I've got a pile of books that I just, you know, thrown through and read yeah. and reread and, and there's a lot of good information in those. And so that's how I come up with a lot, a lot of solutions to my own problems and challenges, everything else. Um, and they're, they're very simple solutions, but unless you know where to look, you, you've got, all the problems in the world and no way to fix them. And so it's, you know, being able to network and having a good support of, of men and women that you can turn to for assistance. Um, I, I think that's crucial because you can fix everything rather easily, but it's, it seems impossible if no one tells you how, what the solution is. It is. It's difficult. I mean, I often get guys reach out to me on my channel and, I, I, as far as I'm aware, I've replied to every message and I even follow messages up a week or two later just to say, Hey, how are you still doing? Are things still good? And, and that's only because when I was in a really dark place, the internet really wasn't the thing that it is today. And, you know, we're going back to like sort of like 2004, 2005. And I realized like in hindsight, when I was much older and looking back that a lot of those problems was because something like the manosphere didn't exist. So there wasn't anywhere where I could seek a tribe, vent, and try and circumnavigate what was going on. And I didn't realize, and I think this is a, uh, something that's really important for people, is we can get so consumed with what's going on in our mind, we isolate ourselves. And mm -hmm. we don't, and the, one of the things I think the internet is great for is you can find people experiencing the same. So, because that's probably... I was about to say the dark side, but that's probably not the best way. But you must uncover some really uncomfortable information. So far, I have not. Um, we do have protocols in place if we come across anything. And then also for my own personal protection, I, I do work very hard to maintain a layer of plausible deniability. So when I get a phone and I do a forensics recovery on it, I I do my best to avoid actually going through the data. I yeah. select which what data the requests to generate to report, and I put that report in a thumb drive, and I ship everything off back either to them or to their lawyer. 
Um, so I, I try to avoid actually looking at um, the data that comes off the phone. I do see some of it, but you know, I probably see 10%. And that's because it, it's possible not to see it. But I'm not sitting there just going through because I'm not – I'm an IT specialist. I'm a forensics recovery specialist. I'm not the actual investigator, yeah. really. Uh, like a, the, the law enforcement side of what I would do, yeah, you know, I, I'm there to go through, pull the state off the phone, then comb through it so I can find actionable intelligence that, you know, that the frontline law enforcement can go off of. And, and you can see some pretty uh, disturbing things. Uh, from my aspect, uh, I avoid it. I do have alerts on my software if certain things are detected. That's never happened yet, uh, but you know, obviously, I would have to turn everything over immediately to local law enforcement, wash my hands of it, notify the customer, "Hey, this has now uh, become a legal matter outside of my capabilities." Um, and by law, I'm required to turn stuff over to the police. But that that's never happened. Although, um, you know, if, if I do this long enough, sooner or later, it will. Yeah. Do you see whether it's with men or women, and if it's different, I'd be interested in that as well. Do you see any patterns when it comes to the cheating? Yeah, men are more impulsive. We we kind of uh, jump on opportunities uh, more instantaneously. Like it's guys kind of think in minutes, hours, days, right? So like we kind of know something like seventy two hours or closer. Women, women. It, it takes longer, you know, the, the soonest a woman might work on something is three months, but you know that they, they can take a year, um, change where they get groceries, change routes. They take to and from places to, to and from work, change where they go to the gym. They, they, they kind of slowly and more meticulously, um, just subtly change aspects of their life. So eight months down the road, they can start cheating without the husband being aware because they were very careful about it. You know, it, it's, uh, I forget how guys kind of talk about how um, women control or hold the keys to sex. Men yeah. don't. And, and yeah, so th because that's of the Richard Cooper quote, isn't it? Women control access to sex, men control access to marriage. Yeah. And, and so as a result, because it really comes down to sex in the end, is the guy jumps on the opportunity as soon as it gets proposed to him. Um, to where women, because they control the access, they can take their time. And so it, it's um, when a guy cheats, the wife immediately knows something's up, right? He took no precautions. The woman, because she planned it out for months, took precautions, um, you know, ha has ways to make sure that, you know, um, okay, th does this guy have a girlfriend or a wife? I need to be worried about finding out and then alerting my husband or boyfriend, um things like that so it's, it's women are a lot more cautious about it than men right. so so your experience of with forensics on the phone is with women it's much more premeditated it, it's it's more well you start talking to the husband when you start talking to the wife and it, it's the indicators that led to them um it, it's the indicators that led to them bring me their phone Right. So it, it's, you know, the husband's like, well, she's been doing this and this month she was doing this. It's like woman. It's like within a three week period, 
three weeks or less, like she knew. To where the guy, he's like piecing together a a story that took place over the last six months to two years. Yeah. And then, you know, you get the phone and it, it's, you know, the uh, the timeline that I can create off of the data from the phone. Well, women have, you know, if you send me your wife's phone, there's a really long timeline. If you send me the husband's phone, there's a very short timeline. But then you also have where men just seem to be more technologically savvy. Now, women are better with social media, but men are more likely to download apps like Telegram, Signal, and, and use that solely to facilitate an affair. Uh, women are pretty much going to use more like Facebook Messenger, Instagram, Snapchat. Right. So, yeah, so, so that, that kind of plays into the stereotype that men can be more geeky about gadgets and electronic devices and stuff like that whereas you know women you know and i'm stereotyping so it's a a big generalization but i don't think there's one stereotype it's just the way it is is men are more technically gifted we're 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 the builders women are more seductive they're human to human interaction so it's men cheap women cheap but how they go about it is completely different yeah it's 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 interesting it's just interesting because i never interestingly with my coaching i rarely get into conversations with, with people when they've cheated do you know what i mean because i tend to deal with the person that received the toxic behavior so e- even if they may have cheated it rarely comes up in conversation and if it does not about how they went about doing it so in an area of practice i, I literally couldn't suggest to somebody these are the signs that somebody might be cheating on you um, outside of what people uh, would, you know, the, the classic, oh, I found a receipt in their pocket. <laughs> yeah, so the, generally now you can pretty much expect um, how they act with their cell phone to change. Um, I know with my own my own case, it was she used to give me the, I, I never remembered the pin to her phone, but she used to give me the pin to her phone all the time. Then once she started acting differently, she started using the, the finger fingerprint swipe to get in. She quit yeah. using the pin. Um, she would always keep the phone face down. Uh, she switched it to where it says, Hey, you've got a notification versus, um, you know, Janice sent you a message on Snapchat. Uh, Erica sent you a text message. It just went to, you have a message here. You have a message. You have a message. It won't say what platform, whatever. And then you, I start hearing from my clients. It's the same. You always just hear the same thing as far as how they act with their phone changes. You know, my, my husband used to just put the phone down and go use the bathroom. Now he has to carry the phone with him all the time. You know, my wife used to, you know, put the phone down when she'd go do this. Now she basically has it with her in the shower while she's showering. And so once people start cheating, they get very protective with that phone. And, and the truth is, and I, this got reinforced. Um, uh, I was on active duty with the Army. I was with 10th Mountain Division. And I got to lead an intelligence team uh, to work with Homeland Security. And so they actually had a cell phone forensics division. I actually got to work with them because I'd already been well immersed in the whole cell phone thing at that point. And, you know, they said it best is people put their entire lives on their cell phone. And you want to know, like, what goes through someone's head? Like, like, do you want to know the real Mark Gibson or the real David Watson? Go through their Google search history. Yeah. And you really find out who someone actually is versus who they pretend to be out in public. Now, some people, some people, my, my father, I always bring up this example. Uh, my dad loves 
University of Alabama football, Los Angeles Dodgers baseball, making his own beer and motorcycles. You go through his search history, it's those four things. It is consistent. Um, but, you know, other people, it's, um, you know, they're looking for hotels. They're looking at certain kinds of pornography, uh, looking at certain books, going to like really weird Reddit or uh, 4chan chat rooms. Um, what's the uh, Discord chats? And so you're just kind of like, you know, this person is living a completely alternate lifestyle. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the, the phones that we have today, because it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When I, when I think about, um, I often bring this up in, in conversations with people. If you think pre internet, you often couldn't act out a fantasy. You, you had to live within the confines of where you could walk or drive. Um, and how you would meet people it was you know it was adverts in magazines and stuff like that and whereas now on the internet it's a google search or it's a reddit community it, it's you can access something within five seconds that nobody need ever find anything out about so every little fantasy that you might have can now be played out just by a google search and before you know it you can find an entire online community and immerse yourself in it even though i've yet to see a statistic i think there has been a rise in infidelity through social media um we live in a lifestyle now where everything is a lot more convenient and therefore we get bored more easily and i think uh facebook instagram allows us to um, reach out to X flames, X, X whatevers. And, um, you know, people start testing the waters. And, and even though the intent initially is not to have an affair, uh, it, it does seem to kind of get that way to where, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, you're struggling to get through Monday to Friday. And, and so you needed each other more. Um, and, and I think that's kind of led to a lot of the infidelity that I've seen. It's, uh, in most of these cases, it's just people uh, become, I kind of think they get lackadaisical in their own relationships. Um, you know, for, for, for my own experience, uh, there was a lot of strain from our relationship uh, for several reasons, one of which is I was in the military and we we were separated by about nine and a half hour driving distance. Uh, then I think the other was, yeah, just the constant social media Um you can be married and, and everyone's trying to slide into your wife's DMs and talk to her. Uh, that, that makes things very challenging these days. But uh, if you go into the divorce court, that also is a trail of digital evidence that uh, can be very convincing for a judge. And then depending on uh, your state or province's laws, that can actually work to your benefit. And even in some cases, I know New Jersey in the United States is a state that is a not-at-fault state. So it doesn't matter. But... When it goes into um, recovering damages from the divorce, so in New Jersey and North Carolina, those are two states where if you can prove how much your spouse spent on their affair, they now have to pay that back to you. Right. And those records are usually all going to be on the phone. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, we've moved into an area that we don't know how to navigate for lots of different reasons and like you said a hundred years ago 
the, the only attention you could get well f first off i think it's a very good point that you made that you because people were much closer to the breadline in terms of what was earned people needed each other in a way that today's couples couldn't understand and yeah today like you say with social media a hundred years ago somebody the only way you could really it was difficult to have affairs because all get the attention because you, 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 you couldn't travel like you can today but you couldn't just like you say you can't connect with somebody on social media like you, you'd actually if you wanted to catch up and see where somebody was once you'd actually have to find their address and send them a letter if you, <laughs> and there's still that's not discreet because somebody might see the letter whereas now i can slide into somebody's dms or they can slide into mine and we can have a conversation a thousand miles apart but then one of us can make an excuse to go away somewhere for the weekend it's, well and, and you also used to not have the time for an affair you're just yeah. too busy yeah that's true it's it so what do you see was there anything you found that surprised you in terms of human behavior or patterns uh you know i think a lot of it just comes down to complacency it's with with a lot of it and i think the reason why a lot of you you hear this a lot even especially in the red pill community uh, regardless of who you listen to everyone's kind of saying the same thing if a woman gets bored she'll cheat on you all right so that, that that's a fair point women get bored they cheat well whose fault is that so if you're a guy and you propose to a woman and ask her to marry you, you you're saying like i've got this i've my finances in order and i can provide uh going back to a kind of a more old-fashioned sense of, of of marriage but then it's and i like an analogy which is women are like houses Right? Women love being objectified like this, right? But it's women, women are like houses. To, to buy a house, you have to save up and make a down payment. But then that mortgage is due every month for 30 years yeah. to include other incidentals like replacing the water heater, reshingling the roof, uh, re repainting the outside of the house, basic maintenance. So it's just because you marry her and you have the big wedding and the honeymoon and, and you know, the people talk about on the, the honeymoon phase of the marriage is over. It's like, well, no. As a guy, like, there's a reason why you do date nights. There's a reason why um, you continue to do things to kind of spice up the love life um, in, a, in respectful ways. But it's, you know, you, you've got to keep the marriage entertaining and exciting because if you let it go stagnant, look, man, it, it's, we weren't, four walls and a roof and food on the table is great and that needs to be done. But it's, a hundred, like I said, a hundred years ago, we struggled. We, we weren't meant to live so conveniently as we are today. I mean, why are suicide rates up? Because it's even if you're, you're successful and you've got no challenges, it's like this is, um, this is not how we were meant to live. You know, there, you look back, you know, you've got tribes in Africa and the, and the Amazon that, you know, they don't get to eat every day or they eat once a day. You know, they're constantly having to go out and hunt. And, and you kind of look at that living in a civilized nation, but you're like, that kind of seems more rewarding than my life with my 34 minute one way commute to work. I come in, 
you know, and I, and I like my job. I'm not complaining about my job, but it is like I come in, I sit in a cubicle. Um, you know, I, I, I do my, my gateway patches for the day. I call it a day. I come home, I work on lost and found forensics. I do IT research versus like stuff I used to deal with in the army. We'd go out to the field for 14 days, have to dig trenches. It was miserable. You know, not get to bathe for 14 days, eating meals out of a bag, but it was like, that that was also very rewarding yeah and you know yeah. much more um gratification i mean it, it's you know if i ever have children or, and grandchildren you know am i going to tell them about the stories where i came in i sat in the cubicle at work or am i going to tell them about my army days that's <laughs> true yeah that's and, true yeah and it's the same thing it's like you know we're not meant to live like that. Well, men, women are not meant to just sit there and just be bored and like, you know, that there's, there's a certain amount of uh, adventure that, that they need to go on too. Like I get it. You come from, from work, you're tired or whatever, but Hey, you know what? Taking around on a date's good. Um, you know, having the energy like, man, go get your testosterone checked and see if the testosterone levels are where they're at. There's a, there's a book called My Secret Garden. It was written by a female journalist and like, or put together by female journalists in 78. And it was all these submissions of um, anonymous sexual fantasies by her readers. And you just kind of learn that a lot of women are married and they're kind of in sexless marriages. I mean, yeah. they want it and their husbands aren't really giving it to them. And it's like, you know, guys, man, w women have needs, men have needs. Uh, and I think more more communication between a husband and a wife would lead to, I guess, less infidelity. But unfortunately we, we, we just kind of ignore it and we wait until things hit a boiling point and spill over and then the divorce comes, so on and so forth. Um, that ne wasn't necessarily the case for me. Uh, mine was a little bit different situation where, uh, you know, sh she did move here from South Africa. Um, you know, there, there were some substance abuse problems in there as well. And, and so this doesn't, this isn't a blanket statement, but a lot of it, it is, it's, um, we were meant to constantly be challenged. And yeah. if you sit there and work where every primal need is met, then those challenges aren't there. And the, the, the rewarding behavior is not there, you know, to where, like I said, it's just, it's, it's my IT job versus my military career. One makes for great stories. One doesn't one I get eight hours of sleep a day. I, I eat well. I get to exercise every day. That was not the case in the military. But, you know, that military career, um, I, I went through some very harsh conditions, and, and I am very proud of it. And so that's the thing, too, where it's, you know, um, a, a little bit of more primal struggle, I think, in a marriage helps bond two people together than making things so smooth and easy where it's, well, yeah, that, that's, that wasn't where we were intended to be as human beings anymore. I think it also helps just from a male perspective. When you're in a relationship, if you don't focus entirely on her, and I, I don't mean like ignore her or anything. I mean, the amount of men that I've coached who get themselves into unhappy situations, they get themselves out of shape they give up on their um, hobbies or they immerse themselves too much in their hobbies in, instead of like you were saying like date nights should be a thing weekend breaks should be a thing there should be some focus on 
what you do together, but there should also be some focus on why she should keep you. What What is it that you're still in the market to be able to do? Do you know what I mean? Because she's going to look around. And this, look, this applies to men and women. But if, if you're a guy listening to this, if if she can look around and all of your friends are in a better position than you, or all of her friends' husbands, you know, are in a better position than you, well, then why should she keep you if she has options? And she'll have options. Women always, say for, unless you're Leonardo DiCaprio, women are always going to have more options than men. Yeah. Right? Um, it's, so, you can overwater a plant. You can give a woman too much attention, love, and affection. You know, and you see this in the red pill manosphere space all the time, like, do not make her your sole focus or, you know, she should enhance your life. She shouldn't be your life. And that's not exactly how I would word it to an intimate partner, but that is the truth is women want driven men. You look at, um, you know, a lot of people that have, you know, these, these fortune 500 CEOs that have been married to the same woman for years. Well, it's because look at that drive and she knows she's taken care of. Mm. And it's um, w when the guy stops what he's doing to take her out, you know, uh, whatever, spending the intimate time with her, that's a treat. You know, it, it's there's there's nothing wrong with um, having ice cream every now and then. But if you have ice cream every day, you become fat, you develop diabetes and it's just very unhealthy. If if you're constantly showering your, your spouse affection, it's like eating ice cream every day. It, it eventually becomes very counterproductive and negative. It, it, it wasn't meant like that. Uh, one thing I, I read somewhere was men do not have the luxury of falling in love in the same manner women do. And when that happens, it's a major turnoff for a woman because a woman's not looking for another woman. She's looking for a man. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's your, your focus as a man needs to be building you know, building your career, ma ma making the house nicer, making the, the yard nicer, making, uh, you, know, you know, helping her with uh, maybe she wants to start a business, giving her the tools and resources she needs to, you know, uh, attempt and fail and succeed on her own uh, and knowing how to do that. Like, it's a lot of hard work being a man. It's a lot of hard work being a woman. So let, let's just quit pointing fingers and understand that this comes down to rolling your sleeves up and putting in a lot of hard work to, to build up your podcast takes time. You got to research it to get my business going. It takes a lot of research. Uh, one of the law firms at Los Angeles I'm working with, I'm sure it took her a long time to get her law firm to the point that it's at now, um, you know, to where I'm at in life. I had a, a long military career. I had a long time learning it. It's, you just don't show up and it's very rewarding where I'm at, but it was a lot of sacrifices getting here. And, you know, really, it's I think if you think you're going to move to a house in the suburbs and play golf on the weekends and whatever, well, that's just a recipe for somebody to cheat because someone's going to get very bored, whether the husband or the wife. And it's but also you have to be conscious of. And that is, are you doing what you need to do to keep her engaged? Um, is she doing what she needs to to keep the husband engaged? And this goes both ways. I mean, women can come complacent too, but you also see men become complacent. And it's, um, you know, I had, uh, I got cheated on by a girlfriend in college. 
And another girlfriend of mine or former girlfriend of mine had told me, like, look, you're always playing the game, even when you're married. Everyone wants your girlfriend, fiance, wife. Like, so you've got to constantly, like, she's like, that first month you met her, that continues on until the day you die. That, that, because it's, that, that's the part, of, and she told me this, like, that's the part of the relationship women like the most. And when that's worn off, we'll go seek it somewhere else. And I don't, I don't think that's at women's fault. That's just in their nature, right? Just like it's in our nature to want to succeed. And, you know, uh, women need to learn like, hey, I've got to get out of his way because it's time for him to succeed. Just like men need to learn like, hey, I've got to, you know, come up with ways to have her re-experience that first month that we met every single month. And if you're not willing to make that commitment, then, you know, that, that's fine. Just don't get into a relationship. No, I agree. I, I think that's that thing, isn't it? Is both, both sides can be guilty of it. And I think you made a very interesting point that, and I think this is where men, men are very bad is don't blame nature. It, it is what it is. A female is a female, a man mm -hmm. is a man. And especially in the, the, the manosphere, that red pill, they, they get so focused. I mean, Richard Cooper does a very good way uh, a very good explanation of don't hate women because of female nature. It's, it is what it is. Your, your job is to put yourself in a position that you are always her best option. And mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. And if you're not, or she thinks you're not, then walk away, never chase, just walk away. And understand it takes a lot of work to be her best option. Um, I do one seventy-two hour fast a month. That's I don't I eat whatever I want, but I normally don't eat breakfast. I eat two meals a day, and once a month I do a seventy-two hour fast. Not the most fun I have, no, um, but you know, you, you lose four or five pounds in that three-day period, and, and that keeps my weight at a certain point. You know, I, I go to the gym every evening um, to be able to to be as successful as I am, make the money I make. I don't have a TV in my house, so when I get home. I get on the computer and I start learning more IT stuff because that's that's what I've got to do to maintain my level of success. Um, and, and I've got to put in the work so that I am a woman's best option. Um, and so I, I've got a lady friend now. Uh, things are going well, but it's, you know, I've just made sure where it's like if she was to leave me, it would have to be because she was crazy because I make sure that I am her best option. And it's that's not something that you just, wake up and it, and it happens it's uh it's friday night i'm not going out i'm going to the gym um you know i, I skipped lunch today uh so it's you know i'll go home after i go to the gym i, I will do more studying it's just it, it's a lot of effort but right the, the rewards are worth it and it's when when they say that she looks at you with that genuine desire that's the payoff that's the payoff but it's you know, it takes a long time to have the money to buy a house. It takes a long time to be the kind of guy that a woman wants to be with and she won't leave. And that takes a lot of work. And, just, and it never stops. It never stops. Yeah. Just, um, I'm just being mindful of time. I just want to finish up with something. Um, based on what you've experienced, um, you know, not just because you've pulled content from the phones and from computers and stuff, the forensic side of it, but I'm and I, I am assuming, but I'm assuming that because you get kind of pulled into that arena, 
you see the way people behave both good and bad especially when somebody finds out they're the one they believe to be the one that has been cheating on them whether it's a, a man or a woman what once they find out and and from a point of like protecting their mental health and and their own integrity and and getting through through the dark side what would your advice to them be Ooh, uh, yeah, it's a heavy one. For men, it would just be, get, yeah, for men, it would be get back to work. Yeah. You know, it, it's the sooner you get over this, the, the sooner you can start moving on. For women, it's different. They say, yes, women move on more quickly than others uh, or start more, more quickly than men. And that might be true if it wasn't your wife that, that bore two children for you, right? But if she has committed to you and has had children for you, um, you know, these, these mothers about to be single mothers because the husband went out and decided to pursue, you know, a, a, another woman because, I mean, I'll say it quite frankly, just didn't really seem to appreciate his wife and all she had sacrificed for him. Um, it, it's a lot harder, it, but it's, it's the same thing. It, it's, you know, do the best you can to make yourself, um, somebody's best option. You know, it's, you know, men just want a woman that can bring peace to their lives. And if you as a woman can, you know, regroup and, you know, still be that woman that can bring peace to a, a man's life, um, eventually it'll work out. As far as a guy, it, it just goes back to, you know, look, man, you have to get back in the saddle. You have to get back on that horse, get in the gym, eat less, do more, and, and start building skills and, and, and start, you know, trying to, you know, enhance your career, build your business, whatever. But it's, uh, until we're dead, you're always putting, having to put forth effort. You know, it's why you see people like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jay Cutler and all these bodybuilders went back to back Mr. Olympias is it's, it's an ongoing process. And until they get dethroned by the, by a younger guy, they, they never give up. They keep on pursuing that. And then once they retire, they still maintain a level of fitness, uh, just not maybe as it, what it was in their prime. And so for men and women, and you're just constantly trying to be that best version of yourself, but it's different for a man and it's different for a woman. And that's a perfect place to stop. Thank you very much. No, sir. All right. Well, uh, let's do it again sometime or do an Instagram live together, but thank you. And thank you very much, Mark from Lost and Found. Forensics side of life, the one that catches everybody out. So if you need Mark's services, I'll make sure the link to his website is in the description. Please do and get and get in touch with him. And just on a slight side note, I uh, had a stinking cold uh, later that day and end up with the rest of the week off. So my apologies if my voice started to sound like it was going. But above all, thank you very much for listening. As always, wherever you are, whatever you believe, please do take care of yourself. Thank you.